Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So Tuesday, five-game win streak intact. The faint whiff of positive momentum and the dream of somehow rallying these last six weeks to get past the A's and Rays and bust through the haze this season that really has been around since March. It all set up beautifully. Nice night at Fenway. The mediocre Phillies in town. The start of the Jimmy Fun Telethon. Base runners in nearly every inning, yet they punted it away like Jack Black punted Baxter off the Coronado Bridge in Anchorman. It's enough to put you in a glass cage of you-know-what. And we'll hack away at the details next. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. A 3-2 loss to Philadelphia. The Phillies are now 65 and 60. The Sox actually better in the overall standings. They're 67 and 60. However, the way things line up this year, the Phillies are one game out of a playoff spot in the NL. The Sox are six in the AL. Josh Lewin with you and yeah, let's have at it. Well, we'll start with the good news that indeed the, the day and night was all about the Jimmy Fund, the 18th annual now. WEEI Ness and Jimmy Fund Radio Telethon beginning at Fenway in support of the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. And since 2002, this event has raised now more than $53 million for cancer treatment and research. Pretty awesome. And, and you can always donate, by the way, anytime. Jimmy Fund Radio Telethon Org. You got some cool things in there that you can bid on, too, auction-wise. Young cancer patients took the field with the Sox position players. It was very inspirational. That is until the Phillies got three quick first-inning runs. They did that against Brian Johnson. The Florida native pushed into the start with the injuries to the other lefties, Sale and Price. And Brian Johnson, yeah, very quietly, the 24 starts he had made the last few years as a Red Sox, Somehow the Sox had gone 17-7 in those. Better winning percentage than every other starter that's gone more than five times for the Sox the last five seasons. Johnson's win percentage is 708. Erod 628. Porcello and Sale 595. So maybe it's only fair that Johnson gets some, some good fortune because life has been a trifle unfair to this guy since he's gotten into pro ball. He had that batted ball to the face. He's had shoulder injuries, elbow injuries. He's battled anxiety. He was even carjacked at gunpoint. If you guys remember 90210, the original incarnation, Jenny Garth as Kelly, uh, the most troubled character in the history of television, in the, what what was it, like a 10-year run of the show, that character had an alcoholic mom, a drug addict brother. Uh, She became addicted to cocaine. She got amnesia. She was the subject of an attempted murder by a stalker. Uh, She was trapped inside a burning building after joining a cult. 
So in the Hallmark Channel movie about Brian Johnson's life, Jenny Garth gets first shot at that role. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Aaron Nola, a guy who's been blessed a little bit more in the last two years, 28-9, and 2.9 ERA. 224 strikeouts last year. I'll have that many this year. Number seven pick in the 2014 draft. That's the year, by the way, the Astros took Brady Aiken, the lefty, and never signed him. And then after that, the Marlins missed with Tyler Kolek. White Sox, well, Carlos Rodon's been okay. Kyle Schwarber for the Twins was fourth. He's been all right. Nick Gordon is still in the minors for the Twins. Alex Jackson is a guy the Mariners took number six overall, and they're still paying for that. But then Aaron Nola went number seven. He's got the best wins above replacement of anybody in that draft so far. A little bit ahead of Michael Conforto, a little bit ahead of Trey Turner. And you know who else was in that draft? The first rounder for the Red Sox that year was Chavis. And you can't really complain from what we've seen about the ice horse this year. He's getting better, by the way. Maybe we'll see him again in a week or so. But Chavis 26th overall. Matt Chapman went the pick right before that quietly having a really good, not quite as great as Devers here at third base for Oakland, but if you look at his numbers, he's been amazing. Mentioned Devers, it's Rafi, Xander Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez, the American League's only three players hitting 300 with a 900 or better OPS and 25 home runs. Three of those guys in the entire league, the Red Sox have all of them. And you look at how this particular game unfolded, Into the ninth inning, the three guys we just mentioned, they were 0 for 9 on Tuesday night. And that was kind of the story of the game. The Sox were pretty good with the tick, 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 just not so much with the boom. They were getting base runners, getting their big guys up to the plate. They got a Jackie Bradley Jr. homer into the bullpen, his 15th homer of the year. But other than that, the big hits just never did show up. They had a runner at second, nobody out in the fifth and sixth. Nola found his way to, to Shawshank away from it both of those times. So all along, it's uh, the three-run top of the first that they put up against Johnson standing up. The bullpen kept it close for the Sox. Five and a third innings of shutout ball, one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. Since the trade deadline, the Red Sox have the second-best bullpen ERA and whip in the majors is behind only Tampa Bay. So this bullpen from out of nowhere is actually the least of the Red Sox worries. On to the bottom of the ninth, they get another leadoff man to second base. It's a double from Xander Bogarts. But then, inexplicably, he tries to take third on a grounder to the shortstop, Segura. Not ideal. That's the second time that late in a game, it's been Bogarts trying to advance to a base and has been cut down to pretty much cost everything. That happened in Oakland way back when, in the, uh, the very first road trip of the season, which is... Certainly looking like it's going to undermine this entire Red Sox season, starting out 2-8 and eight on that West Coast road trip. But if I remember right, that was trying to make something happen back then, too. Just wasn't smart base running. Certainly not Tuesday night. So uh, it became one-on-one out for Benintendi in the ninth inning. Chris Owings pinch runs for J.D., but then Benintendi lines into a double play as uh, Owings gets picked off, essentially. Segura, the guy who had driven in two of the three first inning runs with a double off of Johnson, game set match so on a night when Tampa Bay loses could have gained a game on a night the bullpen went toe-to-toe with Aaron Nola it was also a night with an 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position and a pretty bad 3 to 2 loss 20 second save for Hector Neris of Philly Nola's now 12 and 3 with the win but again three different innings runner at second base nobody out they never scored in those innings Alex Cora meeting with the media when it was all said and done 
Uh, he did a good job. I mean, there's a guy that has a good fastball, a good mix of pitches. I think the changeup came to play late in the game. Um, we saw it last year. Um, I don't know. I think he struggled early in the season, but he's found his rhythm, and uh, he did an outstanding job for them. You know, we had we had chances too. I think we had the leadoff guy on four times. We didn't score. We had minute second, no outs twice, and we didn't we didn't score. So you know, it was a combination of both. Yeah, he knows. I mean, doesn't know enough, and he knows it. You know, that ball is right in front of him, and uh, it's, it's a big mistake right there. I mean, uh, tough first innings, and then after that, he gave us, what, 11 outs. Um, they scored three runs in nine innings, so regardless of how we did it, we did it, you know. So uh, that's what we're trying to do. Um, you know, we, we believe in these guys. The bullpen did an outstanding job. He settled down after the first inning, did a good job uh, using his fastball in different spots. And uh, and then after that, you know, we, we took we took the baton all the way to the ninth inning, and we had a chance to win the game. Amazing. I mean, they, they've been pitch, they've been pitching great. Um, you know, good rhythm, um, attacking guys. Um, you know, it's been it's been good for for a while now. So you know, that's what we're trying to do. You ask me how we're gonna do this. Well, you know, every five days in that spot. You know, if if they score three, I'll take. A, you know, I like our chances. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in first place or last place, you know, you got to play clean baseball. So, you know, they just made a mistake, you know, um, Bogey's one of the best base runners we have. And in that, in that location, you know, he just took off, you know, with the ball in front of him. He knows it, you know, it's it just, it's, it's a mistake. Sean, right. Alex, do you know if he no, nah, he just took off right away. No, he wasn't. He he saw the line drive, took a few steps, and you know he got double off. There's so much of the season your offense has been quite the in your words. This month, have you seen? You know, what have you seen that's kind of led itself? I mean, sometimes good pitching is going to take. You know, they're going to do the job. You know, he's one of the best pitchers in in the big leagues. We face the Yankees. The raise, you know, it's, it's part of it. You know, um, offenses go through slumps. You know, um, two days ago we weren't even talking about that. You know, just one of those that he was better than us tonight. I look like Xander pulled off a little bit coming around first. Is he dealing with anything? Um, not really. No, I didn't notice it. So. I'll check. I'll check with the training staff. All right, there's the manager. Now let's get to the modest good news regarding Chris Sale. It was Monday. Dave Dombrowski released the following statement. It said, Sale was evaluated by Dr. James Andrews in Pensacola, Florida. Dr. Andrews confirmed that Sale has inflammation in his left elbow. It'll be treated with a platelet-rich plasma injection. Dr. Andrews also recommended a period of shutdown from throwing. Sale will be reevaluated in six weeks by Dr. Andrews. So, Looks like Sale will not pitch unless there's an October. Maybe even then he wouldn't be back. I, I would think it would be wise just to keep him in mothballs anyway. But uh, it's a kind of a similar situation that occurred with David Price in 2017. And that was actually back in spring training. It wasn't in August. But you might remember he went to the NFL Combine in Indy to meet with James Andrews. And he was told the same thing. You don't need surgery. You just need to rest. And he got back May 29th and, and actually pitched very well. 
Sale is on the IL for the year now, it would appear. He's actually ranked 16th in pitcher wins above replacement. He's barely behind Clayton Kershaw and Noah Syndergaard. But obviously, if you look at the wins and losses in ERA, nowhere close to the year that we all thought Sale would have. Sale did talk to the media before the game on Tuesday. Hopped on a flight, went down to Pensacola, uh, saw Dr. Andrews, um, obviously best in the business when it comes to this stuff. Um, you know, told us that we had some inflammation in the elbow, did, uh, did a round of PRP, hopped on a flight, came back, here I am. Chris, was it uh, kind of reassuring for you? Yeah, I mean, I've obviously, uh, you know, pitchers in general have, you know, arm issues sometimes, and uh, when it's, you know, something new, you want to uh, you want to find out what's going on, and that's why we, you know, we're so quick to go down there and get his opinion because you know he's he can he can do this blindfolded. So, um, you know, he checked it out, and we were, you know, got got some better news. Obviously, not great news, but uh, about as good as news we could could get. So. Um, you know, we rest, uh, I think, maybe four to six weeks, get on a throwing program, and uh, get back to it. Any doubt you'll, you'll be ready for 2020? Uh, no, not at all, not, not as we stand here now. Um, like I said, we, we, we rest for a little bit, uh, four to six weeks, get on a throwing program, kind of reevaluate it then, uh, see where we go from there. Chris, on Saturday, after the initial MRIs, was it your fear that you might be Tommy Johnson? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I didn't. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I know how I feel. Um, it didn't feel terrible. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything, uh, you know, overwhelming to me. So um, I was actually pretty optimistic the entire time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of came out of my start against Cleveland, felt a little tight, um, you know, did, did some testing, and they, you know, wanted to get an MRI to make sure. Uh, and then after the MRI, wanted to go, you know, see – see someone that knows everything about it so we you know we we're covering you know as much as we possibly could and being as as cautious as we possibly could and uh you know on my end i obviously appreciate that you know sometimes you don't have to do that and it's the team's choice so uh, you know they're they're just looking out for my best interest and the best interest of the team going forward and that's something that uh you know i appreciate and, and don't take lightly so I guess on a, a A, B, C, D, F kind of grading scale, this news was kind of like a, a B, I guess, or a B minus. You know, you're hoping Andrews would have said, ah, just get back in there, you big lummox. No big deal. You're fine. But at least he didn't say, I got to see you for Tommy John surgery. The, the complication here, and you guys have probably figured this out, is the Sox have just spent so many resources in, in prospects and dollars trading for sale and signing Price and J.D. Martinez. And, of course, they won a championship doing that last year, but the, you know, the, the caterer has showed up with the bill here. Uh, Price has been hampered with physical issues all year. Evaldi, certainly that's the case. He's got a 6-7 ERA this year and is hardly pitched. And over the next three years, the Sox are committed to pay those guys a lot of money, close to $80 million annually. So, uh, you know, for now it's good news for Sale, but at some point he's got to get back into real Chris Sale kind of shape. Wednesday, Rick Porcello, he's got to get back in shape now, too. Free agent, of course, to be. He's got an ERA of five and a half. Eleven and nine is his record somehow. And since it's a National League opponent, I'll point this out. He has been Mr. Interleague. Fourteen of the last 15 starts he's made in an Interleague game, his team has won. The only blemish was a start this year back in Phoenix in early April. That's the game in which Eduardo Nunez had to pitch. 
Run support for Porcello this summer, that is since June 23rd. 13 runs for him, then 10, 10, 17, 19, and then it's still pretty good, 5, 7, 4, and 9. So if only Porcello had pitched on Tuesday, right? Drew Smiley goes for Philly Wednesday, 2 and 6, 7.09. Most of the bad numbers with Texas earlier this year. In fact, 13 home runs allowed his last 23 innings there, which is insane. So then he goes to Philly, bandbox of a ballpark, as you know, and he gives up one home run in his first 23 innings there. Kind of a reverse Andrew Kashner. August, though, uh, trifle unkind to Smiley. 14 runs allowed in 15 innings, and the home run monster has returned. Hopefully that monster wants to eat on Wednesday night because the Sox are once again in dire need of a win. 3-2 the final Tuesday. The, the one positive takeaway of all things was the bullpen because, again, top to bottom, it was great. Brandon Workman's being used as a fairly traditional closer these days. Matt Barnes isn't being asked to pitch out of a jam every single night. Marcus Walden's been phenomenal. Darwin's and Hernandez throws smoke. Josh Taylor has been an incredible find. Ryan Brazier is back. If they get one more proven reliever this offseason, you can make a case that is a legitimately good bullpen heading into 2020. But we'll kick that one down the road for a while. Just worried about Wednesday for now. The Sox six games out, and the, the sand is starting to slip through that hourglass. Same goes for the podcast. We're done. Here's the music. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.